everybody throws down and everybody's cheering for everybody. Like that's, that's, that's been one of our biggest things was everybody wants everybody else to win. I mean, if I, I, if I was there, I would also want everybody else to win, but I would still want to beat everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome back to the Best Hour They Do podcast. Fern, podcasts are always better without Ackerman. I have two much better guests with me, Jess and Riley Yates from CrossFit Raw and Retro. I'm excited to have this conversation with you because while we have been working together for a long time, um, and we do a lot of communication. This will probably be the, the longest form dialogue that we have had since you guys started this endeavor. So, um, first and foremost, kind of tell everybody who you guys are, where are you guys at? Talk about your gym, that rad logo you guys made all of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're Riley and Jess Yates, uh, from Northern Utah. We own CrossFit Raw and Retro in Tremont, um, Utah. Mm-hmm. Our logo oh. is here. <laughs> yeah, so here. they have like a they have like a, for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube. Number one, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, but they have a they just like listen. I'm gonna be very candid with everybody. I throw a lot of t-shirts away. <laughs> <laughs> I did not throw the Ron Richard t-shirt away. I was like, this logo is pretty pretty dope. Um, and I think what's cool about your logo is like, that's a, that's like a perfect logo. Like just, that's a perfect logo for repurpose and different prints on different color t-shirts, like for infinity. So it's a, it's a timeless logo, but anyway, um, we'll get into how you guys got to the podcast. So we're going to go in the Wayback machine. Um, but before we get there, how long have you guys owned Ron retro? So we started in May. Mm. we've so so yeah we probably formed the business in april first yeah. april so about, <clears throat> so about eight months months. roughly yeah oh no well it's just no, yeah, seven ish like yeah it's not yeah, yeah. seven yeah, no, okay seven because cool. we just hit some of our and then six month contracts that came yeah. up so yeah and then um and it's cool because i want to talk about we'll get into the whole story but like you guys i was really pushing you guys like we need to get over the 100 member mark and then we talked last week and you're like oh yeah we're at 117 and i'm like oh (laughs) you just forgot to tell me i got it okay cool um but this is um not a not a unique story but is unique in some sense on the way kind of things unfolded so we were trying to figure this out before we started but you guys I couldn't remember how long before you guys decided to before you decided to do this that we actually started talking. Do you guys remember by chance? I mean, I think it was close to. I mean, it was at least six months, if not. It was a long time. It was a, a long time from the yeah. very first time we reached out to you. Yeah, I, I, I have in my brain like I could probably figure it out, but I want to say it was like eight months. Like you guys reached out and like, hey, this is the scenario. Uh, this is what we're thinking about doing. And I was like, cool, here's what I think. Um, and then we communicated like off and on during that time where like you would shoot me a text and I'd be like, all right, here's, here's where we're at. Here's what we're going to be doing. And then finally it wanted to be like, we're in, like we're going. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's get to it. We, (laughs) we got work to do. We got work to do. So, um, kind of give us a little recap of like up to the point where you're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to start a gym. Yeah. So it was, that was, that came from Jess. Like she was the push. Um, so I was just a member of the gym, you know, like a borderline terrible CrossFitter, but it, 
kept me from being fat, you know, and, <laughs> and I, I had five shoulder surgeries and it was the best thing that ever happened to my shoulders. Like I felt, I felt great doing it. She was coaching. She's, she's been into fitness her whole life. And, uh, it became apparent that the gym we were going to, you know, was changing. And she's like, see, she started seeing all these things that, that we could do that would make it awesome. That she's like, this is so cool community. And I could do this. And, you know, she got excited about just like decorating <laughs> and, and she's like, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. And I'm like, Oh yeah, well, we're never going to go on another vacation. Like, like we've got, a, <laughs> we've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time, or, or any, any, Billy might've been like six she was, months. She, she was a baby. No, she wasn't. I was pregnant with her. Oh, okay. So, anyway, that's how far we've even come. better. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, I was uh, the one that was like, this is not working. Like, this is not a good timing. You know, if, if we were six, seven years down the road, it would be better timing. And anyway, she, which is funny because as you guys will pick up on this podcast, Jess is the quiet one in the group. So I usually talk to Riley and Riley's now saying that Jess is the, is the, <laughs> you know, the leading driver of this yeah. endeavor. I'm just the <laughs> silent uh, pusher. <laughs> yeah. She's the one Perfect. that's like, you're talking. All- <laughs> this all makes way more sense now. Um, no, yeah. Okay, so you guys originally had reached out. Yeah, so and and for the record, like Jess is running the gym full time now, three kids, and I would I would actually say you have in within eight months have, I'm sure it doesn't feel this way, but relatively speaking, struck a a, a pretty solid balance as a business owner coaching in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Oh, she's, she's Um, killing it. She's doing great. Yeah. It's like every time I check in, it's just like, she's quiet. And then I'm like, I'm like, I I get, I get the, uh, I get the update. I'm like, God, they're crushing it. But like, (laughs) she never says anything. She's just over there just smashing away. Well, cause most of the time I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm driving the train and then most of the time I feel like I'm getting ran over and drug behind it. So (laughs) a lot of times I don't feel like I'm doing what we need to, but Seems as though we maybe are. Well, I, I no, I can assure you that you are, and uh, that's a that's a really good synopsis of business ownership. You're like, I'm driving and getting run over by the same train, and uh, I think that's that's a it's a pretty accurate depiction of that. So you guys yeah. reach out and you're like, hey, um, I don't remember what the exact yeah, we had kind of the, the first conversation. That's what had happened. Like, okay, you were out at that point. I don't. Yeah, something happened between her and and the owner and, and I, I had left, she had left. And we were like, this gym, like, like this gym could cease to exist and there's not another right. option in town. Right. And right. so we said, that's when we started listening to your podcast because you know, our thoughts are like, we, we could own a gym. We probably should start listening to <laughs> something about gym ownership. And, and yours was the first podcast we found. And uh, that's when I reached out. And we started talking about whether we try and try and try and buy the current gym, like make an offer. And that's how you helped me set up. We set up an offer or do we go to Brigham city and start one fresh? Do we try and start one here and compete? So we started talking about all those options. And so in the backs, in the background, we were looking for buildings to lease or buy or whatever. At the same time, we were preparing to make an offer on the current gym and the property and we were looking at different towns and, and you were, you were the, you were helping us through those decisions and what made most, most sense. 
what I don't remember what the timeline was, but I like for for whatever reason, like four months comes to mind with regard to like the process to like come to a final decision or like, hey, we have like we have numerous options on the table. And then to the point where we got to like, this is the likely scenario. But like, do you remember like roughly how long that was? I don't. It was a long time. Yeah, I think I think what ended up happening is he ended up selling the gym to someone else. And then it took a good three months for us to get into the rental of the gym. I think that's okay. Was that the more of the timeline? Yeah, I don't know. All I know is I was just getting beat into submission the whole time that it was actually a good idea. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. She's like, I'm going to leave you and find somebody that will let me start a gym. It was going to so, happen regardless. It was going to so. happen one way or the other. And uh, so, I finally got on for, board and that's, yeah. But for all intents and purposes, like, like so Jess, I'll, I'll let you kind of chime in here. So you guys decide to, to you're like, we're doing it. And what's that like because i'm kind of talking to riley mostly via text and he's like we're looking at this space here's what we're thinking about we're like we're looking at the map i'm looking at like we're looking at how far people are going to travel population, population all that kind of stuff we're, we're we're looking at the offer and i'm like i don't know like that may work i'm not really sure um but so we go through all that and you're like this is what we're doing um what now that i know that you were in charge the whole time jess what were you doing <laughs> in the in the background I honestly was just pushing. Riley was the one doing all the hard work, you know, talking to you and everything. I was like, I think I took my friends around and we tried to find an actual garage just somewhere. I didn't care where it was. I didn't care what we started at. I just wanted to find a place and, and get going. So while he was doing all the hard work, I was just trying to find literally a shed to start something in. She went through this emotional roller coaster where, it felt like it was going to happen. And then, and then that didn't work out and it felt like it was going to happen. And we had decided to go to a competing town and, and we almost signed a lease on a building, but we would have been starting scratch. No, no real member base. There was a few that we would have pulled and uh, we, we almost signed a lease. And then at that point we were like, no, we're staying with this community. If we can't buy that gym or, or it doesn't, you know, we don't have an opportunity to, to take over that member base. We're not doing it basically. So, so she was like in this dump dumpsterville of it's not happening to then the, the old gym owner sold the building with the equipment included on a, on a 1031 land exchange, like a tax exchange. Mm -hmm. yep. And, and the new owner reached out to us and asked if we'd be willing to sign the lease. And that's when I called you. I'm like, Bro, hey, we're going. <laughs> it's happening. I was like, I was like, all right, well, um, I'm gonna need you guys to get going real quick because we have like eighty seven thousand things to do. So, yeah. but yeah. the when that happened, it did happen fast. But you were still, you still had time to plan. It wasn't a ton of time, but we had a time to get some things in order. So during that time frame, we had kind of started lining some things up to the extent that we could because we hadn't technically started working together, but. So you essentially assumed, um, we'll call it like a, a kind of a hodge or not a hodgepodge, kind of like a um, a scattered community is probably the best way to put that. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you guys are getting ready to walk into this. Like, what are you thinking at this point? Because that's like most gym owners, like worst nightmare. It's just like dealing with like pitchforks and, and torches. Get your torches. 
pitchforks. Can't be an angry mob without pitchforks. And they're like, everybody's upset, you know. Well, those pitchforks weren't at us necessarily, so we were okay. But, but yeah, we were good. I, I don't know. Yeah, man, we were just we were just trying to figure out like, I mean, because we kind of had a handshake deal, and then and then we had to almost wait in silence um, until the actual the actual sale went through. So we, we right. handshook with the new owner three or four months before, before it actually, they actually signed on the dotted line and, and last right. minute it, it got a little hairy to where we were like, Oh my hell. So we formed what we call the leadership team in, on the, on the background that we met once a month and we started just talking about culture and community and like, like simple thing, like, what does the whiteboard mean? Like, what, you know, how do we get people to like check their ego and, and, and not care about their scores and worry more about like, what, what is our training mentality? And we, I mean, we put a PowerPoint together of all this stuff and just splurged it to, to all these people. And, and the most important thing to us in that, in that group was that every person in that group we knew would call us out on our bullshit, right? Like they were not yes people. Like that was the, the only thing I cared about was that everybody in that group would say, no, that's stupid, you know, or Riley, you're headed in the wrong direction or Jess, that's wrong, you know? And, and so that's really where we started forming what, what was going to happen. So, so when the time came that the papers were signed and we, our lease went into, you know, it, it, it it was going to happen. We, we, the next stress point was we did the town hall announcement and we announced, we invited everybody out and we're standing here wondering if like, man, I hope 10 people show up. <laughs> yeah. I was nervous. And, I was nervous. Yeah, and, and hundreds I, of people I, showed I, up. And that's I was going to say, I, I recall, everything. yeah, I recall the, I recall the town hall going like really well. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was, that was really reassuring. Cause I, I think that was one of the biggest things I was so nervous about. I'm like, what if we only have, 10 people show up, like, how are we going to do this? You know? And, you know, five trickled in and then 10 trickled in and then 20 and then the whole parking lot was full and the whole, you know, down the street was full of cars and the parking lot across the street was full of cars. And then kind of right then is when I knew like this community is going to support us and we're going to be able to do this. So that was, that was kind of one of the biggest things for us that we knew we could do this. Well, and it's hard because we're not like we aren't we haven't been in the CrossFit space for years and years and years, you know? Like we're not the professionals when it comes to to the methodology and 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 the movements and coaching and and and, and the old owner was, man. He he had a lot of knowledge and experience, like like a ton. And so so that was another stress point was like like, you know, these people that do come over from him, are they gonna even trust us, you know, cause we're changing the whole mentality. We're changing the whole structure. We're changing a lot. And, and it, is, is there going to be pushback? And, uh, you know, there's been, there's been some things, but for the most part, man, it's everybody's jumped on and, and been super excited I mean, they're, about they're, a fresh change. Yeah. I mean, there's always things, but I, 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 I would genuinely and very candidly give you guys kudos. Cause like, a, you guys have been super coachable. So, like, I mean, I, I, I specifically remember, I think you sent me your talking points for the town hall and, like, we scrubbed those quite a bit. And I was like, hey, take these things out. That's not necessary. Like, put mm-hmm. this stuff in. Talk about that. Address address moving forward, not about, like, what 
happened, right? Like, let's talk about like what is going to happen in the future. Um, do you guys, when you, when you're like, Hey, we're starting, I don't remember like what the, what did you, what did you, was it like 70 something people that you got right out of the gate ish? It's like 64 yeah. or something like that. Okay. So we like, yeah, so, so when we did the town hall, we had our sales portal on the Instagram. We had been right. posting, I think we'd been posting at home workouts for like two weeks for everybody. And so we were, we were gathering this following and we were posting like these at home workouts and everyone was commenting their scores. Cause the gym, the gym closed for about 15 days before right. we, we got in. So, um, so yeah, we posted the sales portal on there and then we put the link up on the whiteboard in the town hall. And, and so, yeah, that from that day, you know, we did away with the three day a week thing. And so that was hard mm -hmm. for some people and, and, but yeah, it was right around, right around 60 people and, and then we've just been hammering from there, you know, like the sales process was, was kind of tough for us to, to, to get used to. And, and Jess is, so, she's really got the hang of that. Well, that's where I wanted to go next because essentially like you guys, you guys, you took it over, you got kind of 60 or the kind of this core unit out of the gate. But then since then in that roughly seven months, you guys have doubled, so you've doubled in size in that time frame. And Jess, you and I went back and forth quite a bit on the sales process uh, and then a little bit later in the onboarding. Um, and I think it's cool for you to talk a little bit about that because like a lot of people struggle with that portion of it, like the sales, like, how do I communicate this? I don't know if they're going <laughs> to want to do it, all that kind of stuff. Like yeah. what was that? Because you, you, you know, to, to your credit, like march through there like a champ, but I do know that was not easy or fun for you. No, no, it wasn't. And it's still one thing I, I really don't love to try to sell anything, right? If they like it, they like it and they'll come. But I think the more I realize if we just make a really good experience the first time they come in, I don't have to do a whole lot of sailing, right? If I, if I welcome them in, I make them feel confident. I have great people around me in the gym that, that welcome them as well. They just want to come back. And so, yes, there is kind of a sales process to it. Um, but for the most part, if you create a really good environment, there's no reason people don't want to come back. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And, and I do have really good people around me to help that, but I still have a long ways to go in that process, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I think well, I think, I think the, the big, go ahead. I think people ahead, just uh, see that she cares, you know, like, like that's well, a, I, a big I th thing. I think that's, um, again, I think there's a, um, actually I know there is cause I've been through it and I see, I watch people go through it all the time. There's a disconnect where people think that you cannot be both customer service oriented and pragmatic at the same time. Meaning like those two things have to be at odds and they don't. And I would even argue it is like the more customer service oriented you are, the more pragmatic it allows you to be. Meaning like if I really focus on the experience, like, like that you just, uh, described Jess, then it allows me to offer like a fair price point that has good profit margins that allows me to run a functioning business. And I don't feel bad about it anymore because I'm like, no, 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 this is a really good thing. Like you're coming in here to a group of people that is awesome and we <laughs> offer a good solid product. And I think once people understand that, I'm like, and it's exactly what you just said, Jess. I'm like, you don't have to sell, yeah. just give them a really good experience. And very few people will say no. Right. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is the the operations because <clears throat> I don't. You can speak to this, Jess, but like when you were in there running, you were like you. There was a couple. I don't even remember what they were, but you were. I always joke that like one of the big things I tell people all the time is no. There was a couple things you hit me with like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm like, nope. I was like, you still need to do more selling. You need to focus on growing the gym, running good classes. I know Riley was doing like this big work project in the back during the during the lobby and stuff like that. But yeah. I think not until maybe like a month ago or two months ago as of this recording. Definitely wasn't two months ago. I was like, all right, now let's shift modes a little bit and start to iron out the operations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I so think I, she I was, want you to give your feedback on like I say no a lot inside of the course and coaching because people are like, I want to do this. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you gotta go back and do more of that. <laughs> no, I think it's 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 been really good for me actually and him. Um, because you always think you need to do more and do more and and that that false sense of urgency from people around you kind of make you feel like you have to do all these things, but it's that simple do that but better is kind of what I go back to every single time. Like what we're doing is great, but we need to still do it better. So the extra classes and the extra, whatever it may be, no. <laughs> and it's okay to say no. And and I think you telling me that has, has made it okay for me to tell other people no as well. So. Yeah. You've had that conversation with us. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing you've drove home to us is like that false sense of urgency. Wait, I had a, I had like a, mental breakdown a couple months ago. Cause I'm like, I'm like this member wants, you know, more chipper workouts and this member's not posting their scores. And, and this member need, this member says their friend needs a later afternoon class. And this member says they want a kid's camp and this one wants teen camp. And, and this person says they need nutrition. And I'm like, <laughs> we got to do it all. Like it, it needs to happen. And Jess is like, shut up. We need to be better in the group class. Like our coaching needs to be better, you know? And so we keep going back to like, pull the reins, pull the reins, pull the reins. We're not going to half-ass a bunch of things. We're going to whole ass one thing. And that's going to be that one hour that they're here and that our coaching is the best, you know? And that's, that's the thing we talk about world-class affiliate people around here don't know what that is, you know, like, like I thought the gym, the old gym was the greatest thing ever for a while, you know, and then it started going downhill and, and then we listened to your podcast and we're like, do that, but better. Like this could be better. This could be better. This could, you know, and, and we start seeing these small things that can be done just in the one hour to make it so much better, you know? And, and so we, we got a long ways to go. Like we have a lot of improvements that can be made just in the one hour group class. Well, I think that that process is never over. Like I'll tell you right now, I'm going, I'm personally going with CrossFit Rife through it right now. Like we, I think we do better. I would stack up the way we onboard people against virtually anybody. And I really was like, I, I was on the verge of like recreating it in its entirety. I was just like, we're going to scrub the whole thing and we're going to design a new onboarding that's bigger and better and blah, 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 blah. And I like stopped myself and I coached myself. I'm like, you don't need to do a new thing. There's probably no less than half a dozen things inside your current system 
that could be improved. Turns out there was 11 things that could be improved <laughs> inside of our current onboarding. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me go back in and dial those things in. That way we don't have to do a full system rehash. And I'm like, but I can add a little here. I can add a little here. I can, and, and I think the whole point of it is like, sometimes the refinements are almost things that they're unnoticeable almost. And at which point we're like, oh, that's not going to make a difference. I'm like, well, that by itself won't make a difference. But that plus 10 other things absolutely makes a difference. Yeah. And so this is for everybody like and this is kind of what I was expressing to you guys um, about like, hey, you don't need to do all the extra stuff like you still need to really wrap your brain around running a just a killer class. And I know, Jess, you're also working on because <clears throat> we talked about this at length too. like you were. How many classes did you start with when you when you opened? How many classes were you guys running? Was it four or five? Five. 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 Yeah. five. And then you're up to how many now? Did you add the sixth yet? Nope. No. No. Okay, we, so you're still at five. Holding off on that. Um, because one of the things, because like you're not coach. How many classes? Uh, how many of those are you coaching, Jess? Hey guys, Fern here. Real quick, I just want to share a quick success story from one of the hundreds of gyms that we've been able to help inside of Affiliate U. And our mission and best hour of their day is to ultimately improve and grow the greater CrossFit community by building better boxes and creating better businesses with better coaching staff so we can bring CrossFit to the masses. Check it out. And if you think we can help you, don't hesitate to reach out. As a result of Affiliate University, I will say my biggest takeaway is I am having so much fun as an affiliate owner. As a longtime affiliate owner, you always wonder like, you know, have I, have I reached my peak? Do I have it still in me to keep on going? And I tell you, I have discovered this new just me within Powell Harbor and being an affiliate owner, I, I it, it's thrilling to do what I do and exciting to do what I do. The connection between my coaching staff is amazing. What we do as a team is, is so much fun. We're giving the best experience to our members um, and to a point where we are grossing the most we've ever done in the history of the affiliate and I can say because of Affiliate University we've been given the tools to operate co correctly, smoothly, uh, learning systems and creating better experiences for our members to have that make them long-term members and it's, it's just been a blast doing it. Um, weekly five classes a week. Right. Okay. So I want everybody to listen to that again weekly five classes so you coach 25 classes a month at yeah. the affiliate right and i think me personally that's the sweet spot if you're like an owner operator meaning like that's not really my role anymore so i might coach like eight to ten this month but if you're the if you're the head honcho i think that's like the perfect sweet spot to have like not a heavy workload but still stay completely plugged in um but I want your feedback on that. Like, how does that feel to you? It's awesome. I mean, for a long time, we were coaching a lot of the classes and I just felt like I couldn't focus on the business at all. Felt like I was lagging behind big time on, on the Wattify end of it, on getting to all the members, all of those kinds of things um, on the business side. And so when we finally got to a point with our members that we could add some more coaches in, and that took a lot of stress off of me. And then I was able to coach just exactly what I wanted to. Um, now I have the time to do the things behind the scenes, 
right, to, to make sure everybody's getting contacted and things are running well, um, you know, in Wattify and the, the, the programming is what it needs to be for the, the community that we have. Those, those kinds of things, I actually now have time to do that where I, I didn't before. So five, is, five you know, has been really good. Five is great. I like, that's like, that's like the dream as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what is, what is your collectively from, from a standpoint of raw and retro, what is y'all's approach on programming? How do you approach that topic in general? Like what programming are we go, are we going with? Well, that, yeah. If you, if you use a, if you use an outside source, but like, how do you approach the idea of programming, right? Like, do you, if you do one from, if it's outsourced, do you modify it or do you lock it in? And then how do you communicate that and work on that with your coaching staff? Yeah. So, uh, we do use cap and that is programming that we use and it works really, really well for our community. Um, I don't necessarily use everything, every workout, that they have. I, now that I have time, I like to look through them and make sure that they are applicable to our community. Um, and if they're not, I just change them up a little bit. Our weekends, sometimes we make partner workouts, um, cause those are a little bit more fun. Um, for the most part, we stay pretty, pretty well on track with them, but there are a few that I will, I'll go in and change. And then I just make the coaches, aware of that, um, the Sunday before the week starts. So I'll just be like, Hey, check out, you know, check out cap before you look on Wattify or whatever it may be so that they're aware of, mm -hmm. of those changes. Yeah. Sometimes we'll make was, them longer or shorter. Um, if there's a lot of time domain workouts one week, we'll, we'll move some of them to AMRAPs and, and try and get people to, so we came from, we came from comp train, um, and, and a mentality in the gym of like, drive your head through the brick wall every day. And that's how you get better. And we're really trying to like peel the onion back on that and help people understand like, you know, a little bit better every day recovery. You do not have to redline every day to get better. Um, and, and I think, you know, most people grabbed onto that. There was a few people that were still like, you know, felt like they need like a 30 minute seven movement CrossFit workout to feel like they were getting better. And, and we're, 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 we're trying to help people understand that there's a better way to train for longevity. And that's really what we're looking at. So what, what's your, what's been your biggest hurdle, if any, in that, in, in that process of kind of a, a mindset or a culture shift? I'll let you answer that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't know. Cause I was the, like, I'm, I'm super competitive. So I was the guy that came into the gym for a year every day and felt like, you know, felt like I had to, felt like I was capable of being on the top of the leaderboard. And so mentally I couldn't let myself just flow for a day, you know, it, it was weird. And so, so just the communication, especially with our leadership team and then some, some of our coaches, and, and, uh, we got on, yeah, it was just, just realizing that like, I don't have to come out of the gym every day hurting and, and I don't have to RX every day. Like I can just flow like my 70% today, you know, in a year from now, it's going to be like my hundred percent was a year ago, my 70%. And, but and, uh, everybody's been pretty good about it. I and, do think it took 
probably a good three months for people to realize like, Hey, this programming, the way they're training is working. Um, it was really cool. I don't remember what month it was, but all of a sudden everybody started just PR, 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 PR. And they were starting to get movements that they never got before. And it was all of a sudden like this aha moment of like, Hey, this programming's great. And so we kind of busted through that a little bit. And then we had members talking about it and that was starting to buzz all over the place. And, and so I think, you know, just having them trust us for that, that three months and trust that programming. And now I think, I think we've got something pretty good rolling and our members are now trusting it. So it was a hurdle for a minute, but we broke through it, I think. Well, just for the, I mean, three months is not a, is not that long. I know it feels like an eternity when you're trying to, to shift culture and mindset, but three months is a pretty fast turnaround to, get people into a new groove and get people to buy in on things like that. But I think what we talked about quite a bit in there was, yes, I think cap programming is highly effective. I think it's well thought out. And I think, um, I think all the, the people behind that are some of the smartest in the business, but I think what you guys focus on, because we talked at it about, I was like, you need to make it fun. Like the vibe in there is going to be the number one variable about, making sure that people come in every day and they're going to tell their friends. So all that stuff that you're talking about is because you guys put the focus on like, listen, we got to make it fun. And very candidly, I told you guys, I'm like, you guys get a grace period here because it was like, there was some not great things happening in here. So you get the opportunity to be a, to be the good guy. So you should really capitalize on that. Like you should take advantage of it to, to some extent. And you guys doubled down on that. Like what are there anything, is there anything unique about what you guys do in class with regard to like energy or play? Like Jay thinks Jay Ackerman fancies himself a a DJ, which is for the record, everybody, (laughs) he is not a DJ in any shape or fashion, former fashion. Um, but when you guys think about like the, the, the vibe inside the box, like what is something that comes to mind? Cause like, sometimes I feel like that idea can be like super abstract, but like when you guys are like, Hey, how do I keep the energy high? Like, what do you focus on Jess when you're on the floor? Um, it's a good question. I mean, obviously you gotta have good music playing for sure. So I, I understand that, but I really think that I give credit to our community a hundred percent. They, they bring a really fun vibe as well. Um, so as soon as you walk in the door, it's, hey, how are you? You know, all those kinds of things that are just friendly right off the bat. And then they kind of take it on for themselves a little bit and uh, and make it what it is. But just keeping, I don't know, keeping high energy, getting excited for those who are, you know, are PRing and, and making those changes kind of makes a difference too. Yeah. Yeah. Credit, credit to the past gym, like the core, the core members that have been doing it for a long time are just incredible. I mean, just great, great people like tear their shirt off their back and give it to you. And so do so you walk in, it just feels like home. It, it's, it's so fun. Everybody wants to be here. I mean, the fish tank helps, oh my. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So actually, so talk about it. Oh, you can't just breeze by this. So like you guys, uh, cause this is important, right? So I uh, talk about the, Cause you guys are kind of referring to a, 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 I don't know how significant a renovation it was, but it wasn't small. Is that fair? Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's been, it's been a lot of work and, and honestly it looks nice in here. It looks inviting that we still got a lot to do, but the biggest thing is people just feel like you care. 
right? Like we care about this space. So, so when they walk in, um, it, it gives off that, that vibe that, Oh, this is new. These people care. They want to, they want to do this. And then, and then you get to the whiteboard and you've got a coach, you know, all our coaches are incredible. Um, they all care a lot about the people like, and, and it, and it comes across that way. And so from the second, the whiteboard brief starts, everybody's friends, they're joking. You know, there's a lot of laughter that goes on in our classes, almost to the point that like, <laughs> like the, it tortures the coaches because there's so much laughter going on. But, but you know, like when the music kicks up, everybody's, everybody gets after it and throws down and, and, and we, there is zero negative competitiveness in the gym right now. And that's one of my, my favorite things is that everybody throws down and everybody's cheering for everybody. Like that's, that's, that's been one of our biggest things was everybody wants everybody else to win. I mean, if I, I, if I was there, I would also want everybody else to win, but I would still want to beat everybody. <laughs> so that would be yeah. No, I mean, but, uh, really so hard. two questions. So first question is for, is for Jess. Jess, were, are you, were you also uber competitive or, or are you uber competitive <laughs> from a training standpoint? Uh, oh gosh. I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, everything <laughs> in our house is a competition. <laughs> yes. I, uh, well, listen, I, my house is no different. I literally this morning left the house, gave my wife, a wife a kiss. And I was like, I've enjoyed beating you in this argument. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about you like need to ask, yeah. you need to ask Jess that Jess's dad, that question. Like I've heard stories of her dragging him out to the backyard in like terrible weather conditions and, and making him throw the ball. She played college softball. So he'd like, she'd like make right. him throw the ball with her and she'd, she'd get mad at him cause he wasn't doing it enough or hard enough. And she'd like <laughs> throw it and hit him in the leg and the shins. And like, <laughs> I, no, I have heard these stories. So, so then I have questions because the, um, do you have, uh, or have you struggled at all, Jess, with kind of separating your persona of an athlete from a coach, right? Because a lot of people struggle to separate the two. And then a lot, like really competitive athletes don't always make great coaches. Yeah. No, not necessarily. I mean, I coached uh, high school softball before I ever came into anything like this. So I think that transition from college to coaching high school kind of gave me that that gap that I needed or, you know. And so then coming here, it's completely different for me. Um, I actually worked in cardiac rehab before, after I graduated. And so I always knew that I wanted to help people in some way or another. And so when I came into this position, I found that more than being competitive or even caring if somebody beat me, it was really awesome to see somebody else succeed and do well themselves. And so that's kind of where I found my joy. So yeah, I'm competitive, but... Not necessarily with the person next. Well, with this person, yes. With but this guy in the gym, I don't. I don't necessarily care if they beat me, right? I, I. I am going against myself, and so when I'm coaching, I just really want to see people succeed, and that's that's why I wanted to do this in the very first place. I love that. That's cool. And then the second question is for you, Riley. Like, did you make that shift on the kind of like the understanding of the competitive aspect of it? Did you make that before? you guys kind of were 
making this this move into ownership or did that happen because you were making the move into ownership no i've always been super competitive but but i i i feel like like it was against myself i was always friends with the guys in the gym i always wanted the other guys like i was always cool if they beat me um you know i i made the, i really made that shift when you know i had my five shoulder surgeries and and i had to resort to coaching wrestling instead of instead of going on and competing further and so so i coached for six or eight years um coaching wrestling and that's where i really fell in the in, with the love of of coaching um when we left the the gym and, and kind of that 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 uh competitive vibe of where i felt like i had to ran my head through the wall every day. We were working out in a barn, just me and one of our other coaches and a couple guys. Um, and we were on the HWPO stuff and that's where we all, we had those conversations and we realized, you know, like, like when you're just going against yourself and you're alone in a barn and there's like a bullet heater over there and it smells like propane, you realize <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter. Like, like it doesn't matter if I'm first on the leaderboard or if I'm last I'm still yeah, huffing propane. He always came home and was like, Hey, what was your score? So don't let <laughs> yeah. it fool you. <laughs> but but yeah. yeah, you come into it and you realize that like this is the culture we want. We don't want people to feel like they have to shave reps because the leaderboard is important. We want we we want people to feel like they just come in and they're getting a little bit better every day. And whether you smash that workout or the workout smashes you it is great. We made it. That was the best we were able to do that day. And we're getting better. Um, and, and yeah, the leaderboard is just for tracking purposes and, and to see, to see where you're at. Like, so that, because we wanted that culture, I had to develop that mindset. I had to shed my own ego and I had to just come in every day and whether I was the first or last, be happy about it and, and know that, you know, that's where we're at. Well, I, th I think there's a couple of things that I, I, I wanted to bring up that are, that are a result of that. Right. So like, obviously you guys, you guys put in the work, you know, you, you focused on the right things. You're able to, to grow and continue to grow a good community by focusing on the training aspect of it, but not from a competitive standpoint, from a quality and longevity standpoint. But then what that's resulted is like, cause we've had numerous conversations over the past couple of weeks about like what that ends up bringing when you focus on the right thing is it brings more opportunity to you. So like you guys have had the opportunity to discuss like training youth sports teams. Like you guys just uh, were doing this fundraiser for one of your members. And like you guys are at this point where you took over a kind of broken community, fostered it, doubled it and are now doing things that are impacting outside of your gym community and you're not even at your one year mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun, man. I uh that was the honestly that was the kicker that made us decide to do this. One, we didn't want the we didn't want the CrossFit experience to go away from this this town and the community that we had fallen in love with. Two, um I work at the John Deere dealership and I've, I've worked around some amazing killer leaders and we, we do really, really, really well. We're, we're, you know, one of the, one of the top John Deere dealers in our company in the area. 
And I've worked really, really hard to develop these relationships with customers and build this team of, you know, I got 25 guys that, 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 I, that work for me. And it's been really, really fun to build something for ourselves. Like, like what I learned there from all these incredible leaders and by screwing up a lot and making a lot of bad decisions and mistakes and, and being immature and things to be able to, to do something ourselves and apply some of that knowledge and just, and build something for ourselves has been incredibly challenging, but, but very fun. And we're excited to see where it goes in the future. And it's been amazing for me to watch her go from like a mom that, that wanted to run this gym to realize (laughs) this is a, there's a lot more to this than I expected, (laughs) but to see her adapt and grow. And, and now she's just, killing it and organized and like that's been super fun to watch too so with that jess like i always think this these part this kind of aspect of it is is most valuable for other people so we've kind of talked about like where you started and and kind of where you guys are at now but like what are some of the things that you've learned along the way with like mistakes that you made or things that something that you thought was either true that's not true or vice versa, something that you thought was not true that is true in this whole process. Cause like you're 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 the head honcho. Like you're quiet, but like you pull <laughs> the strings, like 100%. you're you are the puppet master in this whole thing. So what are some things you've learned in this process that like for you know, at for this point, like for anybody to learn, whether it's somebody who's considering opening a box for somebody who is new to box ownership or somebody who's in five years and it's just like I feel like I'm like flailing around here. Oh, geez. That's a big, that's a big loaded question. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think, I think in it all, I've, I've learned that like personally I can, I can do hard things. I, I didn't think that I could really own a gym and run it well. And I think making mistakes is, is a big thing and, and a way that you can get better, right? Like I talked earlier about feeling like I'm driving the train and then feeling like I'm getting ran over by it. Most of the time when I'm getting ran over by it is when I feel like I'm learning the most, right. When I make the mistakes, um, that's when I feel like I'm, I'm doing the best. And so I would, I guess I would just say, you know, it's okay to make the mistake, learn from it and, and move on. And that's, that's kind of how I've gotten myself better and, and kind of push myself through to, to where I'm at. I still have, so much to learn. And I, I give a lot of credit. I don't like to, but I'll give a lot of credit to him because he, uh, he's helped me a lot through it. Um, certain situations into like how to deal with communication things and, and how to, to run a a coaches or a leadership meeting and, and things like that, that I had no idea. Right. Like I just take care of three kids all day. I don't know how to manage 25 people or even seven. So, um, dude, she graduated college and never learned how to <laughs> save something on a jump drive. So she's, I mean, she's, she's like, running she's a modify. jock. She's a, yeah. she's a jock, right? I'm a jock, right? I get it. We're like, listen, I'm good at bouncing. I'm good at bouncing a basketball dude. Right? <laughs> yeah. I got through it. She, she couldn't, she couldn't save something to a jump. But, well, I mean, you know, I listen, think- in your defense, I'm going to stick up for all the moms here. Like, listen, I think, I think raising three children is the equivalent of running a 25 man team. So I want to be fair here. It is. Dude, 100%. It is. <laughs> but I do think, um, my passion has probably got me the furthest, um, 
where I'm at right now. It, it's been hard and it's been stressful. And at times I've been like, man, maybe we shouldn't have done it right now um, with three kids and where we're at in our life. But we ultimately, and I personally just love what I do. And I think that that has continued to, to push me to, to get better, to continue to get people rolling in here and to just make this place something really great. Well, I think you, you learn to say, like you learn to say no, or that, that was one of, that's one of the biggest things that we've learned is it's really hard, especially you do away with a three day a week membership and you get people that come in and they're, they're on two weeks off two weeks and they want you to work with them or, you know, they're anyway, there's just, they're, they're from, they don't want to drive 15 miles and they're, they only, they're, they're runners. And so they only want to come two days a week. And like, it's, it's every day somebody wants. You're speaking to a lot of people right now, Riley. People are like, what? Like that happens to me too. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody wants special treatment and, and learning it. Like it's okay to say, no, this is, this is what we're offering and this is what's available. And, and she's really good at that. I'm the one that's like, well, you know, we could like do this and, and that, then I asked and, you, yeah, and, and we can do. And she's like, she's Put the like, kibosh on it. I'm like, don't yeah. worry, just stop wheeling, dealing over there. Right? Yeah, yeah. But um, and, and I think but, the other thing that we've learned a lot is that we can do this together. Yeah. Like for a minute, it was rocky there because because I'm the leader at the dealership. That's like I am super straightforward. Like I'm not, I'm not a micromanager, but I'm. Like, I'm going to tell you how it is, you know, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And, and so that was our relationship at first being, being business owners. And she was, she would like get so mad at me. And then listen, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I've not, I haven't told you this yet, but I feel like now is an appropriate time. When, (laughs) when we first started talking, there was a handful of times we were like FaceTiming or something. I don't FaceTime everybody, but I, for whatever reason, we were like maybe FaceTiming or on a zoom or something on my phone. And this is not a joke. At one point I thought I was like, I think this dude's going to make his wife run this gym and I'm not really sure she wants to. <laughs> Cause like you're the assertive one. And that's yeah. why like, this is really funny to me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I was like, she's actually the, the, the mastermind behind, behind all of this. But I was legitimately yeah, I was like, saying. I, I think this might be a, an abusive relationship where he's going to force his <laughs> wife into some sort of indentured servitude by running a gym. Oh, that is oh awesome. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I was trying to, I, like, I was trying to talk her out of it. I'm like, this is not a good time. Let's wait yeah. five or 10 years and we can do it. And she's like, we are doing this. Oh, this and you are so going good. to help me. But if we get on a podcast, you're talking. I'll talk when I want. To. <laughs> yeah. that, that was those were her orders this morning. You're talking. Uh, I'll pitch in when I want to. The uh, the other thing I wanted to give you guys kudos for is you guys. Um, the again going back to like you you focus on the right things and obviously you're still working on. It. You continue to work on it. There's there's multiple evolutions of this, but you guys are in a good spot. And one of the things you guys were able to do, which is pretty cool because Riley, you sent me that picture. Uh, you guys were able to do a fundraiser because there's a member that you guys had who's um, who one of their kids got RSV and you guys put on a fundraiser and you're reaching out to me. And um, but you guys and the way I bring that up is because like you're doing the right things which allows you the clarity and the bandwidth to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you 
So, so through, during that, um, so this is one of our coaches and actually it's his daughter, his wife is onboarding and going to be on our coaching staff as well. Um, but we, we tried, we thought for like two weeks of, of how to do a fundraiser and we couldn't come up with something that felt right. And so, so I always try and think, you know, I know what I don't know. I've never ran a fundraiser. So we reached out to one of our members who's done a bunch of fundraisers and she instantly had an idea which set our minds, you know, on this roller coaster and we were able to come up with something and it's been super fun. And I think it's something that's going to happen every year and it's going to build every year and get better. And I think we've got 16 teams signed up so far at 250 a pop. We're like hauling in rowers from other countries, you know, to, to, to be able to do this marathon row and, and, uh, so for everybody yeah. that, uh, can you got you don't have to talk about, uh, you know, necessarily, but like one of the members and then their, one of their kids got RSV pretty sick in the hospital. But so, so the fundraiser is what exactly? So the fundraiser is, um, it's actually called, uh, birdies reindeer race. Um, it's going to be a marathon row. So we're just going to set up all the, the rowers like reindeers and, uh, have every team come in at five o'clock and row until they're done. Um, teams each, of four. Team, yeah, each team has four members on there and they paid $250 to get in. Um, and it was really cool that the minute I put it out there, we literally had like 14 teams like that. And so people just wanted in on it. It sounded fun. And yeah, I do give kudos to, uh, one of our members who did give us the, the idea of a marathon row that kind of got us rolling, but yeah, yeah, that's where we're at right now. And, uh, we've opened it up to the community cause we do have the capacity to do that. Uh, Santa's going to be here. So we're hoping to bring in some other people who maybe don't know about us a whole lot and, uh, get them seeing what we do here. Well, so. the, vi- the vibe is going to be the, the rowers look like reindeer. Yeah. You sent me the picture. Like you had like decorated the, yeah. Yeah. I thought I was like, I was like, that's creative. I like that. They're going to be towing Santa and then the community is going to be able to come in afterward, like an hour into our marathon row. Well, the community will be able to come in and bring their kids to see Santa, but also they're going to be able to see what's rowing. And then all the proceeds will go to this family. Mm -hmm. And then it'll always be called birdies reindeer race because she's the reason we're doing this. So she will be involved in it every year. And, uh, next year we will donate to somebody else, you know? And, and so that'll kind of be our annual fundraiser around Christmas time. So and super pumped about that. What I think is important here is that what I hear a lot and, and what's coming out of this, at least what I have kind of already experienced with you guys, but what's coming out in this podcast is kind of what I've talked about in some of the lectures that I give and when I'm talking about like building an affiliate at the top of that pyramid, if we're thinking about what's the purpose of running a really high quality CrossFit gym, it's impact, right? Like impact and Jess, you brought it up. Like you love your job, right? Like you're happy doing it. That's impact to you. You guys are able to bring on staff. Like that's impact to the staff. You gave a community a home, right? That didn't have it. didn't have a gym anymore. Like that's impact. You guys are doing fundraisers for outside you know, for the rest of the community and then bring uh, people in to, to raise awareness. Like the whole point of all this and, and, and really what I hope people take away from like really like our mission, my mission for best hour and this podcast is like 
The whole thing is to drive affiliates to be the most admired gyms and gym owners on planet Earth. The end, full stop. And I don't mean like fitness. I mean, like when you look at what they're doing and the impact they're having as far as health, wellness, impact in their overall community, these are the kind of stories that we're talking about. Like this is the kind of shit I want people doing. Yeah. And you guys are doing that. And the, the impact is, is it's, it's obvious. Um, you guys are crushing it and I'm like just personally proud of what you guys have done. Cause that was a pretty, pretty steep uphill battle. Um, and you guys, uh, are going to continue to crush it, but you guys have stuck to the basics. You continue to get better. Um, and you're realizing like what this all is all about now. So kudos to you guys for that. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. You <laughs> yeah. guys have helped us a ton along the way. Like we were, we were pretty lost as far as steps to take. And so that's what you guys have helped us do. And, and for anyone that's listening, that that's thinking about doing this, I mean, we're not games athletes. We're not super wealthy. You know, it didn't take a lot of money to get started. Um, just, a an idea and, and hiring somebody that knows what we don't know, you know, and a little bit of drive. And, uh, here we are building something for ourselves, Like you said, that's going to help the community. You know, it's going to train, help our members have a spot to train. It's going to bless their kids, you know, with, with somewhere to be. And, and we're offering, you know, people income, you know, our coaches, um, have an, an opportunity to make some extra money. Um, and it's just, that's, a, that's the whole idea is, is create opportunities for people around us, you know, and, and that's, what's the coolest thing about, about having this thing. So. Cool. Well, listen, I don't think that there's any better place to end than right there. Um, I'm glad I got to find, figure out many, many things about Jess that I didn't know. Um, this that is, I'm not this in an abusive life. relationship. Yeah, you're not in an abusive relationship uh, and that you are actually the abuser uh, here. And, um, so, Riley, if you ever are in... Um, if you're ever in danger, just just text me four 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 four, and I'll know that you're in distress. Um, I got and, your number. Uh, yeah, but no, but no. Um, I hope I hope everybody kind of took uh, some things away from this podcast. But again, just bringing you guys on and like talk about that journey because it's been cool to watch you go through that because it's it's kind of a a non-standard um, kind of like path into into gym ownership the way you guys did that. Um, and if anybody's listening, if you guys want to reach out to us, book a phone call. We're happy to talk with you guys about like what affiliate use about. Um, but Highly a lot of it is, it, yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and if you want to reach out to anybody we worked with, um, this is a perfect example of, of the folks we work with because we truly believe in the CrossFit community, what it has to offer. So thank you guys. I won't hold you up anymore. We appreciate you keep crushing. And, um, anything else you guys want to say before we cop off? No. Thanks for having us. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. My pleasure. All right, Drop gang. We'll see you guys in Tremont, Utah. Yeah, in Tremont, Utah. <laughs> go there and uh, and get yelled at. Get yelled at by Jess. We'll see you guys <laughs> next time. <laughs>